Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for listening. This is our Cremonese preview mini pod, and it's brought to you by Betstamp the world's first verified buy-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Cremonese come into this match sitting second from the bottom of the table with a record of no wins, three draws, and five losses. Only Sampdoria, who have two points, have a worse record. However, all three of those draws were in Cremonese's last four matches, so I guess you could say that they are in form. I suppose that's what you would expect from a newly promoted club, Usually two of the three promoted clubs go right back down and one will keep kicking around like Spezia or Salernitana. It seems like Lecce could be that team this year. It's also what you would expect from a promoted club that undergoes a lot of change, even if that is fairly common when a club takes the step up from Serie B to Serie A. First and foremost, you have the coach. Fabio Pecchia led Cremonese to promotion last season then surprised everyone by stepping down to take a position at Parma. His replacement is Massimiliano Alvini, who up until fairly recently was a relatively unknown coach with varying degrees of success in the lower divisions. He did very well in the amateur leagues, which in Italy is anything below Serie C. He led Signa to promotion to the Eccellenza. He did the same thing with Quarata a couple of seasons later, Perhaps Alvini's most impressive stint was with Tutokoyo. In his seven seasons with the club, Alvini earned four promotions from the Promozione all the way up to Serie C. 
However, the results have been fairly mixed since he started coaching in Serici and above. He lasted only one season at Pistoiese, and though he did well in his first two seasons at Albino Lefe, he was sacked after a poor third season. But the third time was the charm. In 2019-20, Alvini led Reggiana to a promotion to Serie B. Unfortunately, they were immediately relegated the following season. Similarly, in his first season at Perugia, Alvini qualified for the promotion playoff, but after getting knocked out by Brescia, he was relieved of his duties. So given all the ups and downs, both figuratively and literally, going up a division and then coming back down a division, it was a bit curious for Cremonese to appoint Alvini to his first ever Serie A job. There were also plenty of changes to the squad, only 9 players returned from last season, Marco Carnesecchi, who's been injured most of the time, Matteo Bianchetti, Emanuele Valeri, Leonardo Cernicola, Michele Castagnetti, Jaime Baez, Cristian Bonaiuto, Luca Zanimacchia, and Daniel Ciofani. The rest of the squad were replaced in the summer. Cremonese signed Cyril Dessers, Felix Afenagian, Charles Piquel, Emmanuel Aiwu, Jack Hendry, Suolihu Miete, Gianluca Saro, Luca Lochoshvili, Gonzalo Escalante, Devero Gareke, Santiago Ascasibar, Paolo Gilione, and Vlad Kirikes all this summer. One player that didn't return was Gianluca Gaetano. He was instrumental in getting Cremonese promoted last season, particularly in the second half of the season. He scored 7 goals and tallied 5 assists last season. 5 goals and 3 assists were from match day 26 onward. To be clear, Cremonese wanted to bring Gaetano back, but as you know, Napoli decided to keep him in the squad. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. In case you're wondering why my Cremonese lineup on the pod is different than the one we posted on Twitter, it's because I posted my predicted lineups before Alvini's pre-match conference. I try to post my lineups as early as possible just so they are as genuine as possible. I'm not looking at other predicted starting 11s in the papers. I'm just doing it based on who I think is going to start. I was already expecting a return to the 3-4-1-2, despite Cremonese switching to a 4-2-3-1 for the match against Lecce, Alvini confirmed that he will have to go back simply due to the limitations he has with his squad at the moment. Marco Carnesecchi has recovered from the shoulder injury that's kept him out since the start of the season, but Yonu Turadu will start again in goal. With Jack Hendry still hurt, I was expecting Vlad Kirikes to start in the back three alongside Luka Lochoshvili and Emmanuel Aiwu. Yes, that is the same Vlad Kirikes that played in Napoli for four seasons. He looks a lot older than he actually is. He's still only 32 years old, so for a defender, he still has plenty left to offer. This is his first season at Cremonese after spending the last three seasons at Sassuolo, where he played fairly regularly and he played fairly well. However, Alvini said that Kirikes is still recovering from the muscle injury that kept him out of the Lecce match. That means Matteo Bianchetti will likely start in his place. Lochoshvili is quite familiar with Napoli winger Khavicha Kvaraskhelia. They've been teammates on the Georgian national team for a little while now. They were both in the squad for Georgia's World Cup qualifiers back in October and November of 2021, though Lochoshvili never featured. He missed some time with the national team due to injury, but the pair reunited in September. Lochoshvili was only used as a substitute, but they were on the field at the same time for about 18 minutes against Elif Elmas's North Macedonia. 
So that's pretty exciting for Georgian football fans who get to see two of their national team players compete against one another in this Serie A fixture. Getting back to the starting 11, I was expecting Gonzalo Escalante and Charles Piquel in the center of the midfield with Emmanuel Valeri on the left and Leonardo Cernicola on the right. However, Alvini said that Piquel missed two training sessions this week, so we could see Santiago Ascasibar in his place. Finally, I was expecting a youngish trio in attack with Zanimakia playing in the number 10 behind David Okereke and Cyril Dessers. Like Piquel, Alvini said that Okereke missed a few training sessions as well. He said they'll try for David, but he doesn't think he will make it. If not, then 37-year-old Daniel Chofani would likely start in his place. However, this could be a bit of gamesmanship from Alvini. Understandably, he does not want to reveal too much about his starting 11. Neither does Luciano Spalletti, especially considering that we will likely see a lot of rotation in his 4-3-3 formation. Though this is probably a good spot to play Salvatore Sirigu, I still think Alex Meretz will start again. I know he's basically playing every three days, but he seems to be benefiting from the consistency. I don't think this would be the right time to mess with that. At the back, I think we'll see one change to the center back pairing. I think Leo Ostegaard will start over Amir Rachmani alongside Kim Min-jae. Rachmani suffered that minor injury against Milan, so even though he played against Torino and Ajax, I think it makes sense to give him a bit of a rest. Matthias Oliveira played the full 90 minutes on Tuesday against Ajax, so I expect Mario Rui to return to the starting 11 for this match. And of course, the machine Giovanni Di Lorenzo will start at right back. Di Lorenzo happens to know Cremonese's sporting director, Simone Giacchetta. Giacchetta was the technical director at Regina when Di Lorenzo played there from 2013 to 2015. In the midfield, I think Stanislav Lobotka will start as the regista with Tangi Ndombele to his left and Andre Frank Zombo and Gisa to his right. Zielinski was removed at halftime during the Ajax match with a blunt force trauma to the right calf. Now he completed the full group training on Friday and Saturday, but if there's ever a match to give him a rest, I think this is the one. Now I have Kvica Kvaraschelia in my starting 11, but there are plenty of rumors that we could see Elif Elmas start on the left wing. Cavada took a pretty heavy blow to the ankle in that Ajax match as well. Judging by the reports, he did not sustain an injury and he only played 64 minutes in that match, but I could see why they might still rest him. With Chucky Lozano playing the full 90 minutes against Ajax as well, I think we'll see Matteo Politano start on the right wing. I'm sure his ankle was sore after the Torino match, but he's had a full week to recover and get at least closer to 100%. Finally, even though Raspadori seems to be the preferred option at striker with Osimen out, I'm going to try again with Giovanni Simeone. Osimen is very close to a return. He completed part of the group training on Friday, but he is not going to play in this match. He was not listed in the squad. Spalletti said it's just not worth the risk because he was not able to train at an intense enough level. With the way Raspadori and Simeone are playing, there is no need to rush Osimen back. Even if he was in the squad, I think he would have started on the bench and they would slowly ease him back in. Maybe they play him for the final 10 to 15 minutes, depending on the score. So those are our starting lineups. Next, let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is that Napoli must not look too far ahead. With our win over Ajax, which created a lot of buzz around Napoli, not just in Italy, but throughout the football world, 
Napoli sit top of what was supposed to be one of the most difficult groups in the Champions League. We've scored a whopping 13 goals over 3 matches in the group stage, while conceding only 2. The return leg against Ajax will be played at the Stadio Maradona on Wednesday. If we win that match, we'd guarantee that we advance to the knockout stage of the competition. Then all that remains to be determined is who wins the group, which of course has important implications on who we might play in the knockout phase. If we assume that Liverpool win their next two matches against Rangers and Ajax, and that we win the return leg against Rangers, then the group winner would be determined on the final match day at Anfield. But since we won the first meeting, Liverpool would have to beat us by at least four goals to win the group. That's because a Liverpool win would put us level on points, and if Liverpool win by less than three goals, we'd have the superior head-to-head goal differential. If Liverpool beat us by exactly three goals, we'd be level on points and on head-to-head goal differential, and the next tiebreaker is goal differential in the entire group. We're currently at plus 11 while Liverpool is even. Even if we won each of our next two matches by only one goal, and Liverpool won each of their next two matches by four goals, we'd still have a better goal differential in the group by five goals. But here's the thing. We have to play against Cremonese first before we even start thinking about Ajax. It's very easy to get caught up in all the hype of the Champions League and the prospect of playing in the knockout stage and lose our focus on the task at hand. It's a typical sports cliche, but we really do need to take it one game at a time. We need to get a win here first, and then we can shift our focus back to the Champions League. Also, I think Cremonese are better than their record suggests, so even if we weren't playing in the Champions League on Wednesday, I would still caution against taking Cremonese too lightly. That's my second key to the match, don't be fooled by Cremonese's record. Yes, they haven't won a match, yes, they have only 3 points, but a quick look at their fixture list will give you a pretty good indication as to why. Cremonese have probably had the most difficult fixture list to start the season of any club in Serie A. They started the season with consecutive defeats to Fiorentina, Torino, Roma, and Inter. Now you might say that Inter are 9th, Torino are 10th, and Fiorentina are 11th, so those teams are only good by reputation, but they were all good at that time and have only dropped points since. Inter won the Scudetto two seasons ago and probably should have won the Scudetto last season, so on that basis alone, they're always a difficult opponent for any club. They also started the season with two wins before losing to a very good Lazio side. Torino had a very strong start to this season with a record of 3-1-1, and the one loss was to Atalanta, who are tied with us at the top of the table. They've since fallen off, losing three consecutive matches, But other than the loss to us, the other two matches were lost in the 89th minute or later. Now Fiorentina just haven't had a great start to the season, but that was their opening match of the season and it certainly was not what we were expecting. Fiorentina finished 7th last season under Vincenzo Italiano after some very difficult seasons with Beppe Iacchini and Vincenzo Montella. They also had a very strong transfer market, so all indications were that they were going to compete for a European Cup position, like the Conference League, with an outside chance at the Europa League. Curiously, Italiano, who's a very attack-minded coach, can't seem to get the attack to work, despite having a number of weapons at his disposal. 
Roma, who are the other team they played in the first four rounds, are currently sixth in the table, but the top of the table is so tight that they are only four points back of us and Atalanta. Cremonese's next four matches were against Sassuolo, Atalanta, Lazio, and Lecce. As I said, Atalanta are top of the table, and Cremonese managed a draw against them. Lazio are not far behind, they're currently fourth on 17 points, three points behind us, so there's certainly no shame in losing to Lazio. Sassuolo are pretty much right where they always are in ninth place, and Lecce have performed the best of the newly promoted clubs. They're currently 13th, so Lecce are the only quote-unquote easy team that Cremonese have played against so far. Finally, my third key to the match is that we need to find a way to break through Cremonese's low block. As we've seen so far this season, there are two ways you can try to stop Napoli. One approach is to press high, that's what worked for Fiorentina, but since then we've picked up the tempo of our play both in terms of our passing and in terms of our movement off the ball. We handled Liverpool and Torino very well, and they are both teams who like to press high, counter press and man mark. The other approach is to play a low block, clog up the middle of the park or the final third, and challenge Napoli to try to find their way through with very little space. That was the approach that Lecce took to get a draw against us. It was also the approach that Spezia took, and they very nearly got a draw against us as well. We needed an 89th minute goal from Raspadori to win that match. So that is the approach that I'm expecting from Cremonese, which is unfortunate because, at least from the games that I've seen, I think Cremonese do have an identity, and they generally stay true to that. However, I think they know that if they play their usual game, they'll expose themselves at the back, and Napoli are more than capable of exploiting that. Given that Spezia result, I'm not sure we have figured out how to break down the low block, so I'm very curious to see what Spalletti cooks up for this one. For my prediction, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Napoli victory on goals from Giovanni Simeone and Jack Raspadori. I think Cremonese are going to make our lives very difficult at a sold-out Stadio Giovanni Zini, it's the first time we'll be playing against Cremonese since a 2-1 victory in Serie B in 1999, and it's the first time we're playing Cremonese in Serie A since a 1-1 draw in 1996. But, I trust that Spalletti is going to have a plan to break through that low block. I think we will take this match just as seriously as any other, if not only because we have an opportunity to take sole possession of first place. That's because Atalanta play against third place Udinese this round, so there's a good chance they could draw points in that match. Fourth place Lazio have a tough fixture against Fiorentina as well. Now there will be some added pressure on Napoli given the results on Saturday. I'm recording this late on Saturday, so we already know that Milan got a really big win over Juventus despite missing a number of key players due to injury. And earlier in the day, Inter managed a 2-1 win over Sassuolo on a brace by Edin Dzeko. It was another unconvincing performance from Inter in that they blew a lead before scoring the winner about midway through the second half. But in any event, they got the win. So Milan are now on 20 points and Inter are on 15, while Juve remained down in 8th. If you're planning on betting on this match, don't forget to check your BetStamp app to find out the best lines in your region, which is the only way to get an edge in online sports betting. 
I'm not going to bet on the total because while I think Napoli will win 2-0, we could just as well score 5 or 6 goals, so I'm just going to stay away from that altogether. You're not going to get great value on Napoli to win outright since we're top of the table and Cremonese are just about bottom of the table. Where you can get decent value is on the goal line, which is anywhere between one goal and one and a half depending on your book. In other words, you need Napoli to win by two goals. For me, I can take Napoli on the goal line at plus 100 with Betway, so I think that is a pretty solid play. So that will do for this preview. I hope you enjoy the match. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash pod. It's entirely voluntary. There are no set tiers, but it does help me to continue to provide what I hope is quality content. I've had a lot of really positive feedback lately, so I'd like to think that means we're doing a decent job with the content. You can find even more content on our website at ForzaNapoliPress.com. I just posted a piece explaining why I think Napoli came out of the September international break even stronger than before, so be sure to check that out as well. I will be back next week to review this match and time permitting to preview our upcoming Champions League match against Ajax, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.